0: Amen. Well, today we are rolling away reproach. (laughs) Rolling away reproach. And uh, we're looking at Joshua chapter 5, verses 9 to 11. And the understanding, I I think, you know, um, okay, we begin with rolling away. Uh, The idea that reproach is something that needs to be removed. So what on earth is reproach? A reproach is a Cause or occasion of blame, a discredit or disgrace, shame, worthlessness, slander, false accusation. So whenever we are rolling away reproach, we are going to get rid of those things that are tied to blame, discredit, disgrace, shame, worthlessness, slander, and false accusations. So let's read what Joshua chapter 5 verses 9 to 11 has to say. God said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt. That's why the place is called the Gilgal. It's It's still called that. The people of Israel continued to camp at the Gilgal. They celebrated the Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the month in the plains of Jericho. Right away... The day after the Passover, they started eating the produce of that country, unraised bread and roasted grain, and then no more manna. The manna stopped. As soon as they started eating food grown in the land, there was no more manna for the people of Israel. That year, they ate from the crops of Cana. Now, as we look at this setting, it's been 40 years (coughs) since they left Egypt. 40 years they have been wandering in the desert, and for 400 years they have been in Egypt as slaves. So, if you think of your ancestry, where were your ancestors at 400 years ago? <laughs> go look on com right? <laughs> they can't go back 400 years. Well, maybe some. My, my um, relatives, my aunt, a couple of my aunts, and well, my aunts' children, so they'd be my cousins, um, they've been over to Europe, to England, and to um, Scotland, and they have visited our families' cemeteries and things over in Europe from probably maybe 150 to 200 years ago. But I don't think you can go back much further than 300, and who would ever know, 400 years ago where you were from, where your ancestors were from. But if you can think of it this way, for 400 years, your family, your ancestors, were un- they were slaves in one country. 400 years worth of slavery has been inbred into your thinking, into the way that you look at your life, how you think about yourself, what you consider yourself to be, how you would ever think of getting ahead, becoming something different than what you already are. 400 years of the ongoing suppression of another people, of another group of individuals, such as the Egyptians over the Israelites. And when God has delivered you from the 400 years of bondage brings you to your promised land, and then you say, no thanks. (laughs) There's giants over there. You see, a slave mentality, a reproach that we would have upon our lives is that we are not good enough, we're not capable, and things like this don't happen to us. That's the reproach. And Joshua tells them today, God said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt. I have taken away all of that garbage of who you think you are, and I have taken it away because now you're going to go into the promised land and you are going to conquer this land and make it yours. I've given it to you. So in our thinking, (laughs) in our way of looking at life, What has the 400 years taught you? (laughs) How many are 400 years old? Judy, you're not there yet? Okay, almost, okay. Uh, uh, You're 400. Okay, got one 400 up here. (laughs) It was her birthday, you know, got to pick on her. So you're not quite 400 yet. So what have the last 40 years? 80 years? 180 years? 140 years? What has... Your ancestry taught you about who you are. What is the thinking that you have in your heart and mind? Now, if we went through and asked everyone uh, what your ancestors were like, your parents, grandparents, what they were like, what would it, you know, we'd have a story. Um, Bob, we're picking on Bob. He's Italian, He's related to the mafia, he's related to... <laughs> ancestry.com, you know yeah. you put, look on somebody's ancestry.com and it's the prison. It's the prison. No. <laughs> there was one guy, and I just as I'm thinking this, uh, there was one individual that they, they went back like 400 years not 400 years, like I, I should I just popped in my mind this illustration, this story. Uh, but anyhow. What happened was they went back and studied two individuals, okay? One, and this was like 140 years ago, whatever. Anyhow, one uh, family member in a community, they started with this individual. He was, basically he ended up in jail. His father, his grandfather, I mean his children, his grandchildren, they were all people that were ended up on the wrong side, as it were, in jail, and prison, having a lot of difficulties, having um, a lot of problems in families and in communities. The other guy that they picked out, he was, he was a professor. His children were uh, senators and um, lawyers and, you know, right on down the line that one was even a, a president of the United States. And we look at these types of things when does our life, when does the reproach, whenever we have reproach, we have difficulties in our family lineage, when does the reproach go away? When does it become the right time to change? You know, I, I, my mother, we had a, a, a lady in our family tree <laughs> that around the 1890s, um, she, was, she was never married and she had at least five children. To all with different names, okay, and so she never she wasn't she was never married and she had at least five children, all different all to different men. Now this was in 1890. My mom, (laughs) we wouldn't visit her, this lady's grave at the cemetery, (laughs) because my mom was ashamed to to acknowledge this person was part of our family heritage. And I told my mom, I says, Mom, look what happened. When God came into our lineage, into our family. Look at how it changed when God came in. So you can actually see when, you know, the, the different children that how that the, coming outward from their family members through their families and descendants. You can actually see where God came into one, two, of the three, two or three of the family and how that their lives were changed from their mother and how that others were not changed from their mother. And we look at our life, and Jesus is telling us, and God is telling Joshua, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt. I've rolled away the reproach. And see, when God brings us into this place in our life, our former things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. The reproach, the slander, the discredit, the disgrace, the shame, the worthlessness, the false accused, all of those things go away. Now, it doesn't change the fact that they were in Egypt for 400 years. What changes is what's go- what happened in Egypt stays in Egypt. <laughs> what happened yesterday stays in yesterday. It's forgiven, and by God's grace, His mercy, His unmerited favor bestowed upon us, yesterday has gone. Never to be remembered against you again. So as God's child, yesterday is gone. The disgrace, the reproach of yesterday does not exist. You see, what God is going to do in your life is going to change you and change your life from this moment forward. From this moment forward, everything changes. Why? Because God is in your heart. Well, what about yesterday? Don't tell me about yesterday. Tell me about tomorrow. Don't tell me about the family, the members of your family tree who are hanging from it. (laughs) Don't tell me about the reproach. Tell me about where we're going and how we're going to get there with God's grace and God's mercy. You see... How we grow from what we were to where God wants us to be is the challenge. A slave is someone who is legally owned by another person and is forced to work for that person without pay. A person who is strongly influenced and controlled by something or someone. Are we slaves to our former way of thinking, our former life? There are some other thoughts concerning slavery. Slaves, slaves in most societies, were despised. This is the best this is best seen in homology of, for slaves, and homology means similarities of structure, physiology. What it means is people felt that they were born inferior. That's why they were slaves. And they were not able to develop. They didn't have the ability to learn, they were uneducated, considered stupid, childlike, lazy, untruthful, untrustworthy, prone to drunkenness, idle, boorish, lascivious, licentious, and cowardly individuals. That's a slave. (laughs) And we know that's not true. We know that's not true. You see, in, in our belief and in our walk with God, the devil... Evil, our old nature, tries to get us to believe we can't change. We can't, our old life is still going to affect our new life. You were born this way, you have this genetic makeup, you have all. God says that he is going to roll away the reproach. I will roll away the reproach. God is going to, God saves us from our sins and he rolls away all those things connected with it because we have a new life in Christ. The caterpillar is dead. <laughs> yes, amen. The caterpillar, <laughs> the caterpillar is dead. That means we are the butterfly. That means that we can fly, that we can, we can go on from here. You see, a slave is a slave because they were born that way. That's a genetic, that is a genetic makeup And it is a wrong thought. Such as Christians that Christians are never really saved. They just think they are. (laughs) They're never really, their sins of the past are never, not true. You see, we have to know what the truth is. And what will the truth do? The truth will set you free. Satan is a trafficker of human souls. He desires to possess, destroy, belittle, He is trying to rob the life of value and that we sink to the basic needs of survival at any cost. But you see, Satan doesn't own this place. He wants us to believe a lie. He wants us to think that our reproach, our belief of what happened before, what happened, where we came from, all the different things that have gone on in our life, that somehow this is going to continue to affect our life. But those things are gone. You see, (laughs) evil wants all to believe that life beyond today doesn't exist and that we are incapable of change. In Egypt, the Israelites believed their captors. In truth, the Egyptians were afraid of their slaves. In truth, the Egyptians were afraid that their slaves would band together and have an uprising and overthrow them. That's what they were afraid of. And so what did they do in order to combat that? That slave, you know, fear of slavery, the, the slaves mounting a rebellion? They decided to take, make a law That every male child would be thrown into the river. (laughs) You see, verse Exodus chapter one, verse twenty-two. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, "Every son that is born, ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter, ye shall save alive." So they were afraid. (laughs) They were afraid that the Jewish people, the Israelites, were becoming too too powerful. And they wanted to cut down. They wanted to make sure they didn't have enough male children. So how defeated do you have to be to throw your child into the river? How defeated do you have to be to throw your child into the river? How defeated do you have to be to believe that your future is dictated by your failures of the past? Are we willing to throw our life into the river Because of something that happened in our family tree, in our own life. And you see, the reproach has to be gone. It has to be changed. It has to be let go. I have here a $20 bill. (laughs) Don't worry, I'm not giving it away today. (laughs) What's that? Are they ready to jump? Okay, here's a $20. I'm always good at that. Oh, Brian, yeah, Brian's always good. He's almost come over. Jose was looking at him to see if he's coming over the podium there, back there. Anyhow, here's a $20 bill, okay? Fold it up, crease it up. Okay, how many, well, how many would like to have a $20 bill? Okay, all right, now that I've folded it up and creased it up and stuff, how many would still like to have the $20 bill? All right. I can't bend down to get it. All right. Now that I've stepped on it, how many would still like to have a $20 bill? (laughs) Why? It's still, its value hasn't changed. No matter what happens to this, you can throw it in the washing machine, put grease on it, you know, let it roll down the street in a whole winter of snow and whatever. And we'd still pick it up. Why? Because its value hasn't changed. Your value. Hello, everybody take your finger, first finger, point it at you. <laughs> you haven't changed in value no matter what you've done in your life. Hello. You haven't changed in value. To God, you are that you are worth dying for. He died for your sins. He died for our sins. Why? Because the value in you cannot be, even though it's tarnished, even though it has sinned, even though it has failed, even though it has done wrong, the value hasn't changed. Amen. (laughs) My value hasn't changed. It's still there. It's still value. The reproach is what we have to let go of. The things that the things that rolled up with this coming into the Christian faith, the things that have made us who we are, these things do not determine the value. See? No matter what happens in our life, it does not determine the value. Faith believes for an end that you cannot see. But yet you are determined to get there. The parents of Moses believed that God would send a deliverer. And they believed that their child was special. So they hid him. Hid him in the house. Then he became too old, his voice too strong. And what did they do? They made an ark out of reeds, weeds, and painted it with pitch so that it wouldn't leak. Put their baby in there. And they did not want to, they, they had enough faith to believe that they would not throw their child into the river. You and I must have enough faith to believe we won't throw our life away because of some reproach. We will not throw our life away because of some reproach, some mistake, some failure, whatever it is, whatever you want to call it, we will not throw our life away because God is our ark of safety that keeps us. And here are the parents, and where did they put the child? They put Moses in an ark, and they placed him in the Nile River. Did you know to the Egyptians, the Nile River is a god? It's one of their most powerful gods because it is a god of the river that makes it flood, that pre- brings in the new soil, that creates the plains where they can plant their crops and have food to eat. So they believe that the Nile is their god. And you see, the Moses and his family, they believed that the god of Israel was greater than the god of the Egyptians and Moses as a child was able to defeat the egyptian gods that he later would defeat when he stood there before pharaoh and said let my people go there's a story of a pastor he was holding a conference and this conference was going to have you know hundreds if not thousands of people at it and he made the declaration that he felt that God was going to have a rancher in the area, someone, would give them cattle, two cows, for, to, be the, to supply the meat for this conference. And while he made that announcement to his church and whatever, and um, it got close, the time grew closer, grew closer for the conference, and there's still no there was still no meat for the conference and the people making the plans for the conference says we have to make a decision we need to have this decided on now we have to make a decision and the pastor says okay we'll just go buy the meat maybe i was wrong well after the conference the pastor he had a dream he had a dream that he was out on the plains and out in the distance was this huge snake and inside that snake were two lumps And in his spirit, it was as if he had not allowed God time to fulfill his promise and he allowed evil to eat his promise. And sometimes I wonder in our life, we give up too soon on what God has spoken to our heart. If we allow ourselves to be at peace we allow ourselves to recognize that God honors his promises to us and that the reproach of our former life is gone and that we are at peace. We are more than a conqueror. We are more than a conqueror. We are more than a conqueror. We are, we are more than a conqueror. Because of Jesus Christ, it isn't you. You can't. We can't conquer this. God has to conquer it. God is the one who 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 works within our lives. So, evil tries to defeat us. <laughs> evil tries to defeat us, and sometimes it convinces us that we just have a really hard knock life. <laughs> do we have? Do we have a hard knock life? <laughs> so, do we have a hard knock life? <laughs> Do we have, but you see how do we, you know, no one cares for us whenever you're an orphan. Every level of our life has something that we can look at and say, well, you know, it's just a hard-knock life. And, and, it, some, and it is. I mean, there, there's, sometimes it just really is a hard-knock life. But the reproach, the reproach of the difficulties, they don't carry over. You see, it's not about being cursed or blamed or discredited or disgraced or shamed or worthless. You see, the reproach of the problem does not make it to our spirit. The reproach of what happened in Egypt stays in Egypt. The reproach of what happened in the desert stays in the desert. You see, we can live our life in the land of not enough, that's Egypt, the land of just enough, that's the desert, or the land of more than enough, that's the promised land. And God has us living this life and the reproach, the slander, the shame, the the disgrace, the discredit of what hard knock life we have does not make it into this life. See, that's what God is doing whenever he saves us, he restores us, he brings promises into our hearts and life, that that which is associated with yesterday is gone. It is forever gone. And God is at work changing us. In, in Joshua chapter 5, uh, right away, the day after the Passover, they started eating produce of, that, of the new land. God's provision stopped the manna stopped when they entered the land because they needed to eat of the land. They needed, to for, they needed to till the land, the land of milk and honey is a grazing pasture. Lands that produce, the cows can eat and the milk can, the, the bees can, flowers and things like that. That there's a fruitful land that is there, and they need to be responsible for tilling it. In our life, we are responsible for the promises that God has placed in our heart to till the land that is before us. And tilling the land, it's hard labor. It can be hard labor. And sometimes it's a never-ending labor. Have you ever had a large farm, you know, I just can't imagine how some of these people do it, but they get bigger machines and everything to help them in this whole process, but they still have to do it. And in our life, there is something that we need to to see, how that God is working. In verse 13 of chapter 5, and then this, while Joshua was there at Jericho, while he was near Jericho, so they've crossed over, they have entered into the promised land, and they are now there near Jericho, and while they were near Jericho Joshua he looked up and saw right in front of him a man standing holding his drawn sword Joshua stepped up to him and said Whose side are you on ours or our enemies and he said neither I'm commander of God's army I've just arrived <laughs> I'm the commander of God's army I've just arrived. And see, in our hearts and in our lives, we go into our promised land. The reproach of yesterday is gone. We receive our divine commands from the commander of the armies of God. And the commanders of the armies of God says, in Romans chapter 8, with God on our side like this, how can we lose? And who who would dare? This is just excerpts from 8. Chapter 8, verse 37. And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. There is no trouble. There's no hard time. There's no hatred. There's no not hunger, nor homelessness, or bullying threats, or backstabbing, and even the worst sins listed in Scripture. Nothing can separate us from God. That's the commander of the Lord's army. Saying that to us. So we never allow the slavery of yesterday to come into today's life. We never allow the reproach of what was to influence today. Reproach? Roll it away. Letting go of Egypt was a difficult task. It took them 40 years. <laughs> 40 years. I don't know about you, but I don't think we have 40 years to waste. <laughs> God doesn't wait, want us to wait 40 years. He wants us to renew our faith and renew our hope and renew our life now, today, in His presence. Because you see, the value of you doesn't change. No matter what mistake, no matter what failure, no matter what happens, the value hasn't changed. Take away the reproach and allow the commander of the armies of God to speak to our hearts and give us hope. Now we look inside and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone, the new one is Blossoming. That's our life. (laughs) Our life blossoms under the Spirit of God. And we cannot allow the reproach of yesterday to try and pull out the good in our lives. Amen? Let's stand. (laughs) Today, I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt. (laughs) So yesterday's life, yesterday's failures, yesterday's mistakes, yesterday is yesterday. Today is a new day in Christ. And the reproach, slander, shame, difficulties are gone. The value, hello, look here. It's still a $20 bill. Why? Its value hasn't changed whether I let it outside or whether I put it in a, a lockbox, it still has value. It's value still inside. That's us. That's you. God, God created you to be is still there. We just need to allow it to come out. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Father, for this day, for your blessings. And God, we thank you <laughs> that no matter what our situation in life God, the reproach of yesterday is gone. The sin of yesterday, the failure of yesterday is gone. And we are grateful, Lord, for the blessings and the promises that you have spoken into our hearts and lives. We thank you that the commander of the armies of God, Jesus himself, stands at our side declaring his truth that we be at peace, that we be more than conquerors, that we remove the ceiling of our expectations and allow you, God, to do a new thing in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. God bless you. (laughs)